Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. This is episode number 117. I'm your host, Joel, and I have with me, Jace. I survived! He did survive indeed. Guess what? He's back. And we also have back D-Guy Mario. Hello! I also survived the Great White North of Canada. Also, ha! I, I promised it yesterday on the Decode podcast, our weekly esports and gaming podcast that comes at you live every Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard from the Waypoint Cafe at 65 Ludlow Street, that I would provide some continuity between these two because I normally never go back to back. So you better believe I'm going to talk briefly about Anime North and the great land of Canada. And yeah. the great north. <laughs> Long ago. In the mythical land of Toronto, Canada, Scott Pilgrim was dating a high schooler. <laughs> I, I'm holding back from just screaming about all things Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> but that is, that is never a problem. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can't wait for that anime to come out. Oh, that'd be something. But anyways, welcome on in, folks. Uh, I'm being told there might be an issue with the audio. Let's find out. Sorry, we're going to have to fix this in post. Uh, we have breaking news here on DKI. Ooh. Quote, at 77, time for me to retire. Thank you, WWE Universe. Then, now, forever, together, Vince McMahon. What? <laughs> what? Wow. What? Wait, wait. Hey, what? What? This is, this is his verified this is... Twitter account posted 15 minutes ago. Vince this is McMahon. hot off the heels. Hot off the heels of Triple H coming back to work, actually, too. Uh, Sorry, words... I know this isn't anime, but I had to get the reaction live. Uh... For you two in particular. Yeah. Yeah, like these are these are the words that well we we certainly been waiting for these past couple of weeks, but I never thought I would actually hear them. Hallelujah! Wow, wow. Okay, I'm genuinely so shell shocked. I got distracted from trying to troubleshoot because wow, uh, this is this is seismic, y'all. Uh, and we've yeah. we've talked about anime and wrestling on this podcast. In fact, almost uh, a year ago, actually. Uh, the weekend of All Elite Wrestling's All Out, <laughs> where we where we spent uh, <laughs> spent an hour talking about uh, classic wrestling anime, uh, and of course, you know, we we do have our uh, lovely hybrid of VTubing and pro wrestling over here at Digital Era Entertainment with Hollow Live Championship Wrestling. P.S. Keep an eye out. Volume four is in production for YouTube, baby. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is that is going to be fun to finally see coming live. Uh, okay, so, uh, sorry, sorry for all the, uh, the filler here that we are going to have to trim out, uh, minus Well, that's the, quite some filler. Minus, well, yeah, minus the big rev revelation that we were getting live. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, this, uh, seems to be something that needs, needs a little bit more attention than we, we have time for, because, uh, full disclosure, pulling back the curtain for just a moment, uh, we made a last-second cutover to do something very special for y'all on uh, today's broadcast. Uh, it, for those of you watching live, and especially for those of you who probably found this via audio, um, we're talking about a, a a particular item lost to time, the anime magazine. Now, I I believe there might be at least one or two of these still floating around in the wild, obviously, uh, you know, Shonen Jump still has its its publication, but certainly a lot of these others have uh, fallen to the wayside, and they came with some special goodies that we are going to be covering as we go through this. So uh, this was a super last-minute audible <laughs> to, well, to be able to, also... to give you uh, this very special presentation, especially for those of you who are watching live on Digital Era Twitch. So, Jace, this being your first time back in a couple weeks, what are you currently watching for summer 2022 Initial impressions on uh, any shows, anything that you've dropped already? What have you got? Uh, well, so far, um, 
I I dropped uh, Lucifer Biscuit, the the Lucifer and the Biscuit Hammer. I was not sold on it within one episode. It was out there, kind of gave me some fully coolie vibes. Something I might revisit later on down the line, or if people tell me it's a bit better. Um, I mean, you had the talking lizard and the guy who doesn't want to be the hero, and then a yeah, giant the... hammer and out of space. And mm -hmm. I saw episode one and two. And I really wanted to enjoy it. And honestly, most of this was because the title was so off the wall. The this hell, feels yeah. like a show that was made 15 years ago. That yeah. 15 years ago, I think this would have been perfectly serviceable, would have been just fine. But by oh, today's boy. standards, it's just so bland. It's yeah. just the main character is really boring that, yes, I can understand why you would write a character to, you know, not want to be thrust into saving the world. That's a very reasonable human thing. That's okay as a character motivation, at least to start, but just the art direction is middle of the road at best. The opening yeah. has some recut things, so that's kind of to begin with there. And just overall, none of the characters are standing out. That You have your one Genki girl who is apparently God, so maybe a little bit of Haruhi there. I don't know. But it's just, I found myself dragging through those first two episodes, and I might give it one more, but at this point, it's probably just going to get dropped for me. Um, I mean, what really got me so far, like, these these are my go-to, these are my hits so far this season. Yure Deco stands out massively. It's stylistic. It's got a hell of a mystery going on to it. I've really been enjoying that one so far. I'm going to stick with that one. Um... I'm not watching that one, but I've heard good things, and obviously, aesthetically, it is a complete standout. So yeah. I might pick that one up since I am dropping one anyways. That uh, From what I've seen of the synopses, it definitely looks like an interesting one that it's sort of taking the you know sci-fi dystopian future and the idea of, all right, we're completely basing this on basically social media numbers is literal currency and okay that's perhaps a bit on the nose and yeah maybe a little bit too close to home but <laughs> i respect uh, him for it so uh, this this deco world is basically the metaverse or some weird junk um but yeah i mean that that one's that one's definitely top of the list uh vermeil gold i'm really liking that one so far somehow bizarrely a combination of rom-com ish uh fantasy it, it somehow balances horny with wholesome, which kind of because you have the hot demon girl who's the familiar to the magical, like, I guess, savant kid. And he is just so hell bent on like trying to keep things platonic and okay with her. And it's like, wow, I am kind of caught off guard uh, by how like wholesome this is for that. And how realistic the animation was of her boobs. Like, this was something both Marissa and I both, like, I could audibly hear her jaw drop because she's like, my God, those moved just like mine. And I was like, I just busted out laughing because she was high while watching it. And, but like, sure enough, the the actual, they had gravity to them. It was quite impressive uh, that it wasn't like most animes where it's like, watching jello jiggle on the chest of a character no there was actual like weight and gravity to it so props to them for that tokyo mew mew new of course gotta love it there's nostalgia there uh yakuza babysitter uh as i abridge all these titles love it uh, did not expect to have the feels right away from it but my god like that one's been great Fifth of the idol they uh definitely sticking with that one uh, fan of the idol, guilty pleasure. I'm loving it. I'm loving this slacker guy in an idol duo who, you know, it's just like, oh, you could lose your job because you just don't give a crap about it. And then he meets a ghost and the ghost possesses him because the ghost is the ghost of an idol girl and chaos ensues. And it's got that whole kind of sort of split personality. It very, it's, it's like a, more wholesome Detroit Metal City. Um, you know, just replace uh, 
the the brutal metal for wholesome idol hijinks, and you got Phantom of the Idol, um, and uh, of course Bakamatsu, uh, Shine on Bakamatsu, Bad Boys. That one is a huge favorite of mine. I was a big fan of it right from the get go because it's the same character designer who did Shaman King, and I am a big Japanese history buff because that's what I went to school for and everything. Remind so, me of the course, plot like, on that one. So basically, um, some sort of evil guy or organization slaughtered the Shinsengumi, and the one surviving member decided to take a bunch of uh, convicts who are going to be uh, killed and gives them their swords. Like, you can die or you will become these people. You will take their name, you will wield their sword, and you will take their place. And so they agree to it. And Gumi like, being, I'm assuming, some historical... Um, yeah, so basically, uh, the Bakamatsu period, to kind of do an abridged history lesson here, Bakamatsu period was the end of the Tokugawa shogunate. So we're talking 1800s, um, around the time of the black ships uh, coming to Japan to force open trade uh, type of thing. Um, so this was when the samurai class was being done away with, and, uh, they were so this is starting... a historical one that it's set in that time period. Is it... Right. Uh, is it paranormal at all that when you say giving them their swords, like, yes, will the spirits then, of, you know, sort of possess them? You can kind them of see some sort or... of stuff going on with, like, the swords glowing a certain color, um, to kind of represent and, like... The, uh, in the second episode, um, the main character, he winds up kind of getting dragged along by the sword to where another guy is fighting somebody. And so there's some sort of paranormal thing going on. Um, I mean, I'm still trying to get a feel for what direction it's going to take some paranormal aspects of it. But you have this motley crew of a guy who's like the glutton who constantly eats. And then you get the guy who's the drinker. And then you get the guy who used to be a priest. You get the guy who used to be a doctor, you know, and like, they're all kind of twisted because they're all former, well, technically like on death row criminals. So they've all got their own little dark backgrounds to them. And they are really just likable, wacky characters um, in general. And so um, basically, there's some sort of evil group, the ones that slaughtered the Shinsengumi that are trying to, like, sow chaos throughout the area, who wear these masks, and I guess they've got these, like, evil possessed swords that they're, like, giving to people that are, like, making things even worse. And the main character, of course, has a vendetta against those evil mask-wearing people because they killed his family when he was a kid, so there's Naturally. the revenge plot there. But, yeah, it's, it's a very, it's, uh... It's Gino Studio. Uh, they haven't been around that long, but they are very stylish, very... Um, it's it's one of those shows where the art really... There's a lot of just really uh, stylistic, like, anime in general, because the other uh, big one that I will note that uh, has me going is Call of the Night, which is on High Dive right now. That one um, I picked up after seeing a couple of recommendations, and wow, overperforming. Yeah, I mean, the art, the scenery, it's just, I mean, it is beautiful. Uh, Noit animation, or, or whatever that time block is, it's kind of coincidental, considering they also aired another vampire anime years ago, Shiki. So I was just like, oh, wow, that's yeah. weird. And the, <laughs> uh, so for folks who might not be watching or familiar with it, Call of the Night has a very interesting premise and is going about its business very very slowly and methodically, but still very compellingly, for lack of a better term, that essentially you have this character who uh, has stopped going to school because he is having issues connecting with people and is feeling very isolated and is just staying up at night, nothing to do. And one evening while sneaking out and just walking around the city, sort of taking in the quiet emptiness of everything, he runs into this girl who is a vampire. And essentially, uh, the way that vampires in this world work is that sucking blood does not cause transformation. Uh, you need to be in love with the vampire that is sucking your blood in order to actually be transformed. And basically, it, 
it feels like he is, you know, starting to fall in love with her and being someone who has not been able to create really any sort of relationships with others that he can remember of just, you know, even friends that a, it's the type of thing of, oh, I actually feel things when I'm with you. I would like to continue this. And it's not really clear that there's some signals of this guy might be ace. But at the same time, it's like, he's saying, all right, I want to fall in love with you. So I'm really interested to see, all right, are they going to go the platonic love route? I, I would really love to see a platonic love, quote unquote, twist here at the end. Because given the different building blocks of the character so far, and this gets into, you know, minor spoiler territory, but we're still only on episode three. So at the end of the day, I don't think it's too bad. But, you know, I think there's some really interesting stuff here. And regardless of all that, the show is gorgeous. The coloring is so good. The camera angles of just, there's these flying scenes that eh, there are very few shows that have been able to create cityscapes like this show. So Call of the Night, highly recommended. Yeah, and uh, I think that's more or less it. I mean, uh, Fruto P.I. still isn't out until uh, next week, I believe. Uh, of course, that is like top of the list for me because I'm a huge tokusatsu nerd. It is the sequel to Kamen Rider Double. Um, Katagurui Twin isn't out, I think, until a couple weeks from now. Um, first episode of uh, uh, Uncle from an Isekai World did come out. And yes. my god, I am loving that already. It's so meta. One episode in and I'm sold on this. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we've ever had this before. A un-isekai? Because we've had isekai, we've had reverse isekai, but this is someone who was isekai and is now returning and having to reacclimate. But they've retained their memories, but also they've retained their powers too. So yeah, it's this whole new twist, but then there's a bunch of 17-year-old references being made to Sega. So this is very much one, I think, that is tailored toward a slightly older audience, perhaps even like just a couple years older than me so my age but, but I'm <laughs> so, so, so literally it, so. the rest of us in this podcast yes <laughs> yeah. i mean i didn't want to say it in those words but <laughs> listen listen we know we know how our our, our crew skews <laughs> we, we accept yeah. this <laughs> it's, it's 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 part of you, our marketing <laughs> you, you saw my my anime list <laughs> yep <laughs> what else you but, got yeah, is anything I, standing out um I mean that that's that's really about it so far. Uh, I mean, uh, Teppen's only had two episodes, and I haven't had a chance to watch episode three yet uh, since episode two got skipped. Um, uh, I'd, I'd say the other two on the bubble right now for me, even though I've been enjoying them, were Engage Kiss and Lycoris Recoil. I've I'm watching both, both of those. Of uh, three episodes in, I'm in on those three. That um, for Engage Kiss in particular, episode three introduced something very interesting in terms of mm. the mechanics and i don't want to spoil that but it adds a very significant new layer to the ah. the protagonist's character and the plot as a whole so okay. i'm in on that and then uh liquor's recoil i'm basically just sold on of it's a one doing a one stuff in terms of production level but also <laughs> the the story of multiple conspiracies going on and the whole thing of, all right, you know, we have these soldiers who, it seems pretty obvious at this point in time, mm. are going to undergo this realization of, oh, the forces that we have been literally raised to serve might not actually be for the best. And that, you know, breaking out of the cycle, uh, breaking out of one's own raising and in their case mm. for lack of a better word what might sort of amount to brainwashing uh oh. and uh yeah so i'm very interested to see where that's gonna go because it's got super slick action to begin with but yeah, yeah. basically they're going political thriller on this there's there's just so much anime and like there i i forgot there was one more on the bubble for me when will ayuma make his move um i'm interested in it because the shogi but at the same time, it's feeling like one of those one-note rom-com jokes similar to last season with uh, uh, 
what what what's his name? Uh, what's her name? Uh, the one, uh, the girl who's cool with the guy who's the loser. That one. I I I can't remember the name of the anime, but it was la literally last season. Wait, describe it once um, more. The the girl who's cool and the guy who's a loser. So, oh, uh, Shikimori's not just a cutie. Yeah. It seems like a one-note joke similar to Shikimori, uh, but in this case, it's a guy who wants to uh, ask this girl out, but he refuses to do so until he can beat her at Shogi. And yeah, the way I've heard it described it. is uh, knockoff Love is War, and that it's just not as good. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a one-note joke. The Shogi is what has me interested in it. And that's about it. <laughs> I'm hoping I can learn some shogi from watching it, but I also know yeah, shogi is a lot more that. complex from chess. So it's like, yeah. But yeah, that that one's also in the bubble for me because there's just again a lot of really good shows this season, and High Dive is so cheap. I'm sold on it because there are so many shows on it this season. I'm plus, some you haven't mentioned the on. big one, the big one on High Dive, Made in Abyss. I never watched any of that before. You should so watch Made in Abyss, my friend. Oh, oh boy, season two is picking up right where we left off, not pulling any punches. Uh, if you watch season one out there, folks, do be sure to watch the third movie, Dawn of the Deep Soul, which is also on high dive. So everything you need is there. You don't need to go seeking it elsewhere. The first two movies are compilations. The third is canon. The third is important. If you do not watch the third movie and go from season one to season two, you will be very confused. As was... They basically pulled uh, <laughs> a demon slayer on that one. As was noted game developer and designer Hideo Kojima, who is the master yep. of, of plot. <laughs> and the fact that he was thrown for a loop is, is definitely a warning for you all. So make sure to see that movie. <laughs> don't, mm -hmm. don't, don't be as confused as poor Hideo Kojima. Anything else, Jace, or should we get on to um, the main topic no, of the day? Let's get on to the main topic, because, uh, I mean, that was a lot of catch-up to do, but, uh, I mean, yeah. Sidebar. So um, I'll just have to bridge myself the next few weeks uh, when Futopii comes out and be like, I'll bite my tongue. Yeah. Uh, I, I was going to point out that actually uh, this morning, in fact, I finally got to catch up on, on some other stuff uh, from the season, uh, specifically uh, Ruby Ice Queendom. I finally got to dig into that. Um I We're still freaking love three this. Episodes. Uh, so they dropped all three episodes three weeks ago, and we're actually just next week finally going to get something more because uh, they dropped all three as uh, a group. And yes, I'm very much looking forward to where it goes because basically the first three episodes are them mostly laying the foundation. 75% of it is old stuff if you've seen the original series, but then there's 25% new stuff so far. And now we're at the clear di uh, divergence point, so I'm very excited. Yeah, I'm 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 getting like Final Fantasy VII remake vibes off of this. It's just like, hey, here's the Ruby you love. By the way, there's a twist coming. <laughs> we're setting you up for some. We're setting you up for a ride, <laughs> and I'm here for this. Uh, it has been absolutely phenomenal. Like it, it really does feel like, I guess you could say, the true realization of the original vision of Ruby. Uh, in many ways, like. I, I, I was having flashbacks to when I first watched the original uh, original season on Crunchyroll when it was first dropping. Um, and just like, it, 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 it just hits so differently. I'm like, I think it almost felt like the original uh, release was like the, the marketable and monetizable uh, proof of concept for what we got in this anime. Because it was just... It, it was incredible. It, it was like, oh my God, if we had had this from the get-go, this would have been just, it's already a next level show. And this is just going above and beyond. So I'm like, wow, wow. And and the music uh, fits in very nicely with the soundtracks from the, the original Flavor Ruby that we are still enjoying. Uh, it, it feels like a good compliment to the OSTs, especially that opener. I, I said over in our Discord, uh, it is a banger, <laughs> certified banger. Uh, so highly recommended, highly enjoyed it, um, and looking forward to seeing the rest of this season. So hooray! <laughs> Caught up on a Yay. thing. 
Awesome, awesome. Well, now as we dive into our main topic, uh, as was mentioned, I suppose technically it's not anime because it's not animated here, but shut up. It's our show and we're going to do what we want. That's adjacent enough that we're talking about manga and anime magazines. So sort of a combination of the print serializations of manga in the U.S., but also magazines whose content is tailored to anime and, you know, different news and things of that sort, because these were, at first I thought they were few and far between, but now I'm realizing, as the two of you have shown some different ones that I apparently just missed, that there was actually a good number of different magazines back in the day, and it's kind of impressive that for how niche the anime market was back in what is basically going to be the early 2000s was the heyday for this, that there were this many publications that were actually in print. You know, it's it's kind of amazing just, uh, I mean, going to a newsstand, um, which, which, is, which is a place for those who are young, where you, you would go and they would have these things on paper. Uh, and they were a collection of magazines. They're like books, but but smaller and thinner and would come out monthly. And you could order them and have them show up to your house, you know, directly in your mailbox. And they yeah. had magazines for literally everything. You all know, you know all those websites you go to. Yeah, they, they used to exist in uh, physical form. <laughs> because Much slower, <laughs> much less frequent. Yep. Everything that was in them was two to four weeks out of date if you got your news from some live source such as a forum or something like that. But it was still in print and in color and was tangible, so you were really excited. But they also would have some packed-in goodies. I feel like we need to sort of split these into two categories. One it being manga serialization, so something like Shonen Jump and Shoujo Beat, yeah. where the primary content in here is going to be just... You know, those chapters of manga versus yeah. something like new type which is a you know for lack of a better term anime news magazine and you know story uh, an editorial yeah uh, and i think that that's basically the majority of because back then there were some manga that did get released in like a comic book format um akira is definitely a mentionable uh one that was released, or uh, even Pokemon, uh, The Electric Tale of Pikachu, if people remember that manga, that was released in a comic book format, um, because people didn't know what manga was back then. <laughs> so, um, you know, it, it's not as mainstream as it is these days. Um, the very first magazines very much were that news uh, type, an editorial type of magazine. Um, going as far back as 1987 with the issue zero of uh so yes anime magazines are as old as me uh protoculture addicts who take their name from uh robotech it started off originally as a robotech fanzine actually and uh in 2005 they even became um uh part of anime news network and that was kind of the petering off towards the end um as uh, we'll find out when with print media kind of sc scaling down uh, in the uh, mid late two thousands um, where that went, but yeah, they uh, they were in both English and uh, in French as it was primarily published in North America and uh, uh, Quebec, um, so it also appeared over in France as well. I never collected any issues of this magazine, but. I didn't know about it because of Anime News Network back in the day. Keep in mind, I got into anime pretty late. That I grew up on Kids WB and Afternoon Toonami Blocks. I really only started to get into it, I'd say, in late middle school. But the big turning point for me, obviously, was early college. And the point of no return was the Funimation internship. But a... It was the type of thing that prior to 2012, the only stuff I'd really uh, seen was stuff that made it to broadcast, 
with a couple of exceptions that I had really only just started to get into streaming stuff that I only own maybe I'm, I'm pretty sure at that point the only VHSs and DVDs I owned were Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh at that point and uh, the only thing that I ever had was Shonen Jump because that was sort of the mainstream one that uh, part of it being that Shonen Jump had usually a promo Yu-Gi-Oh card which uh, for folks that were into the game usually actually was enough to justify the $5 cost or whatever it was of the magazine that, you know, if you were to sell the card, you could just end up making about the same or uh, at that point, you know, I wasn't looking to flip things for profit anyways, but it was very easy to justify that level of cost because, all right, I'm getting this promo card, which is usually a pretty good one. So that was my intro and, uh, you know, well, I've already got this magazine, might as well read the thing, even though I didn't necessarily buy it because I'm looking for any of the specific stuff. But, you know, I, I've read a bit of manga here and there that I'd read the Yu-Gi-Oh! manga at that point and uh, read Death Note at that point. So might as well read what these other things are. And uh, that's how it wound up in my hands at the very least. But I completely missed the boat on stuff like New Type and all these other ones. And here's oh, where it gets uh, a little bit interesting. So <clears throat> I pulled this up because I wanted to double check a few factoids uh, about one of the magazines that we are actually going to be uh, spotlighting uh, for those of you watching live in just a few moments. Um, so we've mentioned New Type magazine. <clears throat> now, there, there are basically two flavors of New Type that we are going to be discussing over the course of this show. Uh, there is original flavor New Type from Japan and New Type USA. New Type USA... Uh, it's indicative of what was, you know, the first big boom uh, of anime in the early 2000s because it ran from 2002 to 2008. Original Flavor New Type is still in print. And I did not know this. The first issue, <laughs> we were talking about how some of these things are as old as we are. No, this one is literally like about a month older than I am because of the first issue of Original <laughs> wow. Flavor New Type Japan, March 8th. 1985 <laughs> it beat me by like a month uh and it, it, it dropped a week after zeta gundam began airing in japan <laughs> so oh it is goodness it is tied to you know one of the one of the legendary <laughs> entries in the mobile suit gundam franchise essentially you know the first proper uh sequel series uh to mobile suit gundam uh so it, it is very uh storied they also started doing their own uh magazine anime awards uh as far back as 2011 uh they still have it ongoing um and if you want to see a list of that you know it's all on their wikipedia page but i i wanted to call this out because you know while we are you know laughing and joking about oh you know newsstands paper what what is this uh there are still some of these publications still out in the wild i know i've certainly you know uh, gotten my hands on uh, new type magazines from japan uh from uh, certainly the last decade at least and they do still come with a lot of cool pack-ins. It's just very different from what was offered at the turn of the century, which is why the New Type USA stuff is such a cool little time capsule of what, what was being put out into the anime fandom in the West during this, this you know, big boom for anime right before, again, 2008, which we discussed quite a bit in our Discord today. <laughs> if you do want yeah. to join the discussion... Uh, over on our Discord, we do have the link in the chat if you have been watching live. We'll just uh, queue that back up if you want to get caught up, because we did have a discussion where that particular year did come up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we do a dedicated episode to that in the future. But anyway, I just want to provide this little context, because one of the things we are going to be showing you is, in fact, and I'm going to cut over to this right now, so brace yourselves, y'all. Boom! <laughs> Check it out. An issue of New Type USA. This is, uh, I see that's December, but what? what Several, year? actually. Oh, wow. So uh, we're running the gamut. What, uh, Jace, this yeah. is your personal collection. By all means, tell yeah. us what uh, months and years we are looking at so, and tell us about some of the goodies here. This is the very second issue of New Type USA. I got this off of a newsstand. I got it in FYE, actually um december 2002 the very second issue of new type so it's, uh, it's got dot hack sign here on the cover um and as it says here uh you got free dvd which is actually uh one of the ones queued up 
So uh, Chance Pop Session was the first episode of that show on there, along with some trailers. Uh, also came with a poster, a regular poster. There was also a centerfold poster as well, uh, along with postcards, uh, which was also kind of random but neat. Um, and this magazine, New Type, is uh, the exact opposite of Shonen Jump, where Shonen Jump was your mangas. Um, you know, and it was just straight up black and white, big phone book sized, you know, magazine that would come with several chapters of each different manga at the time. So you had your Dragon Ball Z, your, uh, your Naruto, like starting from the beginning of Naruto, Shaman King, stuff like that. Um, but New Type, on the other hand, uh, you'd get these full page gorgeous freaking ads for whatever DVDs were being sold at the time. Um, you would get things talking about, uh, upcoming games. There was this whole section just talking about the Dot .hack franchise as a whole. This was the upcoming, uh, Dot .hack Legend of Twilight's bracelet, which, okay, this is 2002 here, and it's the cover of the July 2004, which shows you right there. That's a two-year difference between when they started talking about it right here in Japan, Tasukare no Udeo Monogatari, and then, boom, right there, Dot .hack Legend of the Twilight. Two years, more than two years later, so, or two-ish, two and a half, or a year and a half, whatever. <laughs> I'm, I'm not doing math right now as I'm flipping through just, uh, you know, oh, Christmas anime Yeah, so Haibane Renme, uh, we got that. We got uh, Fooly Cooly, of course, huge, big influential back then. Uh, we got a section of just animes with Christmas uh, episodes listed here. Witch Hunter Robin. So we're hitting like the... Oh, wow. That's a throwback. Uh, Kitty Grade. Uh, Inuyasha. Inuyasha. Uh, oh, yeah, that was big. <laughs> Sit, boy. <laughs> you know, like, um, yeah, and of course... Uh, wait, there a minute, was, wait a minute, wait a minute. Anime Central. Go oh, God. Go back. <laughs> go back a page. Oh, yeah, yeah. Go, go uh, back a page. Yeah, go. The, the headline on the right page. Uh, oh, this one here? <laughs> These two bad mothers mix covert with cool. I'm sorry, I just had to... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh, uh, you, you mean this anime right here? <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, jeez. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah, I mean, like, look look at this vintage anime convention yeah, advertisement. Friggin' right Anime here. Central. Oh, God. Anime Central. <laughs> uh, or just the way that we would, like, buy our stuff back in the day. Because, like, uh, there, I, I just want, yep, right here. Robert's Anime Corner Store. Yep. It's uh, one of the early oh, online websites where you could buy anime. It's, uh, because it was, if you didn't have a Suncoast by you, you know, and or maybe an FYE, but, like, if you didn't have one of those, Go figure. Hey, you know, like, Kinokniya. <laughs> the old reliable. So, course, you, you would have to would hope have. that someone would have it on eBay otherwise. Yeah. Um, and here's one of the cool ones, actually. They would include some manga in New Type. In this case, Full Metal Panic, which the manga that was in New Type was actually what got me to want to watch the anime. Um, and so you'd have manga sections in here. Um so another classic uh, website here. <laughs> so all sorts of different stuff. Uh, interviews with uh, the uh, Seiyu in Japan. Um, the Essential Anime Library back in 2002, apparently. Um, wow. Okay, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that <laughs> uh, Akira, you know, a universal must-have. Mm -hmm. Like, that's uh, it's ever since its release in 88. Yeah, it's just kind of standard. <laughs> Um, we got Cowboy Bebop on there, Devil Hunter Yoko, Escaflone, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, some of these stand uh, up over time. Yeah. Some of them yeah. I have never heard of. A lot of, lot of them are Miyazaki on top of it all, too, when you look at it, because it's like, oh, there's uh, Cagliostro, mm -hmm. Totoro, um, uh, Oh My Goddess, there's Outlaw Star. So, of course, a lot of stuff that made it to television, too. Slayers. Uh, I also just want to know favorites. numerically. Because the number of shows that made it stateside at all was so much less. We have the top 20, 25, whatever it is here. But how much of, like, the actual percentage of what is available is here? Is this 
this could be half of what is on the market at this point in time, honestly, that you think, oh, it's only 20 or 25, so it must be the cream of the crop. In actuality, this might be a broader selection than we actually realize or can appreciate at this point. It's uh, definitely a case. Uh, there was even fascinating things like this is, uh, this article right here was fascinating to me. And I was reading this like magazine back in high school. This is what got me in college to want to study Japanese pop culture history uh, was uh, one of the founders of American anime, as they called Peter Fernandez, who was integral in bringing uh, Speed Racer and Gigantor Tetsujin 28 stateside. Um, he was literally the voice of Speed Racer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a, a lost interview from the, the, uh, from the press junket that was originally going to be the kernel of the decor brand back in 2007 <laughs> that I actually conducted with uh, Peter Fernandez and a few other voice actors uh, at the time. Uh, yeah, he was, he was a lovely gentleman. Uh, he is, he is missed. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this, when um, we were queuing up uh, pre-show, I, I just like, wheezed dust because i'm like oh my god this is original flavor fruits basket and here we are like 20 years later and we've already had like the full remake to completion it, it yeah. oh man <laughs> this just hits so different um, that was one of my favorite things was this section actually a new type that showed you the official art from the animation studio showing you the key art for each character and everything and little like individual you didn't get art concept books. moments no, like, I mean, no. getting stateside did not happen. You would have to import at best. Um, I mean, you still you like still have to go to your card. your local Kinokuniya if you if you want like the fancy yeah. books. But uh, um, and, and I will say, uh, having had Japanese copies of New Type, and I, I wish that I had access to my my magazine stack because I would have pulled it out just to compare one to one. Um, that is a cool thing, especially about the Japanese edition of, of New Type that they did preserve for the USA version. Uh, you know, those those behind the scenes uh, sketches, uh, in interesting information, like they'll sometimes include promotional booklets of, you know, like the character art designs, like whether it's the sketch work or conceptual work. So it's cool that they did preserve that in the US edition. New Type was very noticeable, notable for being very closely tied to Japan because there was also this section here, Anime Land, where it gave you the ratings and networks of everything currently airing in Japan at the time the magazine was published. Wow. Um, complete I... with an episode guide that had spoilers for the shows as they were airing. I so find it interesting we... that they would bother with that, because what use would someone reading this magazine have for that? Like, that's trivia at that point. That, I mean, it was just the, the ratings make sense. The <laughs> ratings make sense. I don't know why they would bother saying this is the network it's on. So, uh, I mean, it's it's all listed here, probably because it was just word for word pulled from the Yeah, Japanese. it might have just been, all right, we think that it's useful to have a ratings guide. And I do absolutely know and understand why they would want a ratings guide, because especially back in the day when you don't know, all right, this innocent looking one could actually be extremely etchy or this one... That looks like, you know, just a common schoolyard one could actually be really bloody and gory. You could have something yeah. uh, like, you know, there's so many examples. So I understand why they would have that. And you might be right that it was just, all right, this table that has ratings is coming from a broadcast source. And it happens to have the networks attached. And, well, if we're copy pasting this chart already, there's no sense in chopping off that last extra column anyway, so here you go. Yeah. And, and to, to kind of uh, springboard off that, uh, remember, this is 2002. Yeah, we're going to go to Wikipedia that doesn't exist right now to find all this <laughs> useful information and trivia for, you know, like where it's airing in Japan. So in, in snarky answer aside, like there there is actually some purpose if you are genuinely curious as to, you know, what broadcasts, uh, what broadcast service is airing these because again you can't just go to wikipedia and check it in 2002 that did not exist then so it's kind of cool that they did go the extra mile for people who are curious about you know 
uh, whether it's, you know, to know what sort of uh, shows are airing on that network regularly, month to month, or, you know, if they're planning a trip to Japan and they're like, oh, you know, like, I, I know some Japanese. I can brush up on that while I'm in my hotel room. I'll just, you know, make sure to watch this show. That sounds kind of cool. So there, there is there is some practical function because you have to figure, like, especially some of the demographic they were ke- clearly targeting here mm-hmm. would be, you know, likely enough to make these trips and want this information circa 2002 so it's it's really cool that they they yeah. went that extra mile there is practicality behind it also lol yeah. mucha this, this being in the tv I spotlight say, <laughs> i was about to say i have two things to say about this page that we're currently on the first is what the flying flip is mucha lucha doing here so the section that's what's on tv in the usa i don't know what's up with the mucha lucha there uh, aside from being like not an anime like I'm, I'm not gonna get into the whole oh you know, yeah what is, what is an anime Mucha Lucha is definitely not an anime what's more notable is actually the tv listing section which yes that was the next thing what channels aired and because i watched and taped anime off of all these channels and of course you had the action channel which was encore action and they had the uh the friday night midnight and a midnight so which is where i watched a lot of my like more adult stuff uh you know, mm. X, uh, and uh, I yeah, not all the ABC reasons. family, ABC family had anime. Oh I yeah, quite read. Uh, Beyblade, Metabots, Tokyo Pig. Yeah, yeah. No, they definitely I never ran. knew this. Yeah, because I, I definitely remember yeah. Metabots and uh, Beyblade being advertised as being on that channel. So like that was that was their attempt to try and cash in on, you know, the the tsunami boom. Yeah. Um, and of course, international channel, rest in peace to that channel. That was where I first started watching anime in Japanese because they aired Dragon Ball Z, the Boo Saga, while the Frieza Saga was still airing in the United States. Oh was my god, I just remembered that one. <laughs> oh my god, my mind is blown. Yeah, uh, along with Slayers. Oh, yeah, I, I distinctly remember they, yeah. they aired uh anime in Japanese. And I was just yep. like, this is wild. <laughs> my, my favorite ad right here. Please oh subscribe for the men she gets it. Excel Saga. Um, and of course, the mailbag. Because people hey. would send letters into magazines. And you get to see people's artwork. They would send fan art of their Twitter wasn't things. a thing. You couldn't just post your fan art here um, on DeviantArt. So the best thing you could hope for was getting it in. Oh my day. god. Cosplay circa 2002. That is like Ooh, my early days of baby. cosplay here. Oh, same here same here yeah this is this is the time machine (laughs) yeah uh, a section about anime on college campuses and school campuses um yeah just add add minneapolis college of art and design um yeah and i mean like this is this is 2002 we'll we'll just jump forward we'll we'll skip this one here this is the two years later This is uh this is 2007 April 2007. This is the last issue I own. So this is a year before they stopped publication. Hey, and we checked the box for the week. There we go. Friggin' Code Geass right in the title. Boom, baby. Let's go, <laughs> Let's go baby. Let's effing go. Oh my god, Boom. and that's April. So <laughs> season one would have been just about to wrap up. That was like the gap before the finale. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 we we have we have hit gold, y'all. We have hit gold yeah, on the show. <laughs> there it is, right there. Page 50. Hey. Uh, in fact, we'll just we'll just jump straight to it for the hell of it. Uh, page 50. So skipping forward, skipping forward. Oh, I must say, Jace, you've done a very good job of preserving these. That these are <laughs> yeah. very good quality. Like the fading is minimal. They, I, uh, honestly, I, this might have just been the print quality at that time. The print quality was great. I like the early issues got a little bit more wear and tear because I was in high school and I would read them in school and stuff like that. So I mean, they were yeah, like oh my god, on the bus, but... they're they're using the initial promo art because of the the uniform yeah. colorings. I was about to say that that coloring is not what we see in the show. No, like yeah. they must have gotten that straight from like <laughs> this is new type early concept Japan. art. Yeah, yeah, that this. And as would happen for magazines, like I said, that everything you're getting here is four weeks outdated at best because of printing and distribution. So um, it's but then, completely yeah. understandable and believable that it, the companies that work with these publications would be sending them stuff that is not final because they need to, you know, 
like I said, at best work with that type of delay with just the layouts and everything. And if it was really early, you're going to get those instances where they will send the key art or the early concept art and, you know, sort of art Bible assets, but that things can end up changing between, you know, those actual concepts and broadcast. And you see that difference here. And I'm also wondering if maybe this has something to do with, you know, since as we established, you know, New Type USA ran 2002 to 2008, this is, you know, beginning of 2007, but still cranking along. I wonder if maybe there were some production issues because remember, Code Geass had already been airing in Japan for a couple of months by that point. So it's a little strange that they'd be using uh, preliminary concept art for a show that was basically an episode or two away from wrapping up its oh. first season. Oh my. Well, that, I think that would has. probably account for the time difference, but also you have to realize while they're making the show, they might not have made updated promotional assets because they're, you know, making the show. Yeah, there's it, basically what I'm, I'm saying is like <laughs> that opens up so many questions and I'm like, I would love to know what happened there <laughs> behind the scenes. <laughs> I'm sorry, you're going to say something, with Somebody from ADV Films. I, I just realized this still has one of the old uh, Centerfold posters still oh, this is the centerfold. here, actually. Wow. So, uh, you can oh, see let's right uh, here. flip it around there. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, so it's it's so big, oh, I can't really fit it. Now, yeah, yeah, upside down, upside down. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, let, me, let me see if I can just kind of, like, scroll this by here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's That's such a, a big freaking Yeah, that was poster. one of those titles I always saw advertised, but... I never really Mother heard Rao. anyone talk about it, and it just kind of feels like it's yeah. lost to time now. That's that's one of the uh, that's definitely one of the ones that I think is sitting around in that uh, binder. Of, oh uh, wow, Nerima Daikon Brothers! I so that's another one I never saw, but that was one that was so popular at the time that it came out and was also heavily advertised. Oh, I've never God. heard of it. Oh. I love it because it's not it's Nabashin, and that's why I love it because yep. Nabashin is. Just the man, and uh, yeah, here it is. <laughs> <laughs> pulled, pulled right off the shelf. <laughs> so right off the shelf, right near me. <laughs> Beautiful. Um, the other thing is they often had little polls that you could send in, and they'd have giveaways. So you would send in the little postcard with what you liked in each issue. You know, What was your favorite feature in here, and what did you like on the DVD? Yep. And Surveys like have that. always and been a thing. This is how they know what, what to print. Uh, that this is what prize did you want? You know, because they gave away different prizes every time. Um, but yeah, and then of course, like this is towards the end run. They had everything, including like convention reviews. My God, vintage so, ALA, <laughs> but from two thousand seven. So um, I'm like, I wonder if any of my friends are in that. So <laughs> <laughs> Ikikon. Wow, I haven't heard that one in a long uh, time. Yeah uh official art of gunbuster 2 right because um, gunbuster 2 dropped around that time didn't it yeah i remember so. it, was, it was fairly recent because yeah the original gunbuster was uh you know uh late mid to late 80s uh but gunbuster 2 i feel like it was 2004 to 2006 you know let me pull that up uh while we continue looking through <gasps> there we go the the Man. anime awards that's where that interview i was First talking about with annual. peter fernandez i, I was there for that <laughs> I've seen footage of this with our good buddy Lance Haskell yep. accepting the award for Funimation. Yep, yep. I was literally there because I was doing a press interviews <laughs> that are lost to time, and I've been wanting to to re-upload them uh, for for decor legacy content. Um, yeah, it was wild. Uh, but that's that's a podcast for another time. <laughs> we will definitely need to put a pin in that and come back to it. Uh, oh my God, Boba Bo. <laughs> Bo 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 So Richard Epcar, great job in that dub. Takahiro Koyasu, absolutely insane as bo bo in Japanese. Like, I still love that freaking anime because it's that weird. Also, quick, quick interjection: Gunbuster Two, aka Diebuster, two thousand four. So yeah, kind of, kind of in the the middle of where we've been jumping around there. Now we're getting into uh, some gaming content, which makes sense. Gaming content. Obviously, there's a very big overlap uh, then and now hey, uh, of gaming and uh, anime circles. That's That's got a uh, new season right now, this uh, this season, actually. It's a Wadudu Mono. Wow. Uh, so this is the very first uh, volume two being advertised back in 2007 of the original first season. And it's getting a new season right now airing. So 
even more timely. <laughs> I appreciate the phonetic spelling. Yeah. <laughs> like they, they, clearly, uh, the, the marketing team knew what the, the biggest hurdle was going to be. Oh, my God. Yeah. Mega Tokyo. <laughs> Mega Tokyo. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. Yeah. Time machine. Borders. Borders. Uh, oh. Just f in the chat for borders, like real <laughs> talk. I, borders had good stuff. That's where I always got my manga. Oh, that yeah, I mentioned you know the little manga I did read in my earlier days was going to be the Yu-Gi-Oh manga, primarily a little bit of Pokemon. But uh, even then, Borders was where you go. That it's uh, mostly Barnes and Noble or what few Barnes and Noble shops are left at this point. But who Sakura you know, Khan that, That's where you would go. Ooh, wow. Now you have more of these magazines, uh, correct, Jason? Um, yeah, I've I've got basically almost the whole run from two thousand three, all, all of two thousand three through two thousand six, with okay. a little bit of two thousand seven. Uh, and Mario, you mentioned that you have some as well. Uh, I don't not, know if it's not, a new type or another one. Not on me, unfortunately. Not <laughs> All right. Well, I bring this up because basically we're getting near the end of uh, our time for today. But this is so clearly something we can revisit that uh, whether it be more issues of the ones that you have, Jace, or if between now and I don't know when we revisit this in a couple of months, maybe. But if you're able to reacquire some of yours, Mario, at that point in time, that uh, this would be something very interesting. But before we go, I think we're going to end with there was a mention earlier of a DVD. Yes. That came with this magazine. Yes. And, you know, we saw stuff. There was Hikaru Nogo there. There was, you know, some of these classics that they would have one episode, you know, it's your effective free trial of them. But they also had trailers on there. And there's one particular trailer that we're going to bring up. And the DVD is actually in Jace's machine that uh, we had the option of do we want to bring this up on YouTube? And Mario and Jace were like, no, part of the charm here is we're going to show you you're going to see the actual DVD menu interface here and this delightful just trip down memory lane of a trailer. <laughs> yeah, so, let's uh, uh, let's get that queued up. For and the will, magazine. Yeah, and I will bring it back up as soon as we have it. Uh, we're just uh, quickly cutting over, so please bear with us. Just waiting for our feed to be updated so I can bring it to y'all live. I'm seeing it here on Discord. Uh, you'll have to close. Oh, okay. I thought one. that was. Uh, a... I I realized what was. Oh no no no. Sorry. I for some reason thought we were cutting to another uh, static desk shot, and I'm like, oh right, no, this is actually no. the thing. Let me uh, get the actual, that prepped. Uh, uh, okay, and we are back. Okay, let's right. let's go. Let's go. Hey, hey, controller, are you awake? No, controller shut off on me. That's why. <laughs> Lousy third-party controller. Uh, there we go. Play. Premier Anime Magazine is finally available in English. To get any closer to the source, you'd have to read Japanese. Packed with over 200 pages month after month. Free bonus gear in every issue. Poster, centerfold, manga, postcard, DVD. Free in every issue. New Type USA. It begins where the other anime magazines end. Log on to www.newtype-usa.com and subscribe now. <laughs> Oh, 10th anniversary. So uh, they got their start in 92, apparently. Now, I don't think we can actually broadcast much of this. Yeah, this is uh, just, uh, <laughs> jump straight into trailers of the actual uh, shows before getting to, if I press this button here, we can skip straight to an actual DVD menu. Hey! So, uh, and this is the very, like, second issues DVD menu. You can kind of see just how, like, simple this is. There's no style, no substance, no nothing uniform. This is just straight up marketing you this one show in your face right here um and just to do a quick change over between the two systems uh running right now 
Okay. Uh, uh, let me just uh, switch over here. Okay, there Ooh. we go. Well, I did just check new type dash usa.com is no longer active. I did not think it was, but I wasn't sure, you know, would it redirect to some newer site or at least to the Japanese site, new type USA, if there are any uh, domain uh, hunters out there, that one is available from <laughs> what I can tell. Hey, also, um, so uh, you can buy the, the new merch that we dropped over at Digital Era Entertainment's uh, Stream Elements page so we can buy NewTypeUSA.com because we can, apparently. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I had to. Uh, anyway, please continue, Jace. <laughs> so um, this is the second to last DVD that I have. I don't know what happened to the last one. I know that I gave some DVDs away to friends as I bought the actual series on DVD because... I felt like I didn't need it anymore because I owned the actual thing. Um, but uh, they would have trailers from different companies. Uh, in this case, despite the fact that uh, ADV Films was the company that published New Type Magazine, they had here Le Chevalier de Aeon from ADV Films and then Peach Girl from Funimation, along with a buttload of trailers. Um, and just for fun, uh, we will pull up another uh, non-copywritten uh, series thing, uh, one of the merchandise ones here. Let's pull up ADV Gear for fun here. We can pull up that one and maybe the Anime Network one. I was going to say, please. <laughs> I mean, this was way before Hot Topic carried anime merch like this. All customized by you for you. And all officially licensed from ADVN. I feel like this was made in Windows Movie Maker. <laughs> I mean, this is 2007. Yeah, true, true. I mean, that's what I was using back then, at least. Wow. ADVShirts.com is also available. Oh, we're going on a buying bonanza, baby. <laughs> now, of interest, NewTypeUSA.com uh, is owned uh they're checking a couple of the you know domain purchase services are they feeding the troll <laughs> oh weird television i do feel bad for our audio only listeners because the visual elements of this episode are amazing <laughs> That basically I, what we just saw was this really kind of unhinged shadow puppet ad for Anime News Network. Oh and no, that was that was for uh, Anime Network. The the uh, sorry, Anime Network. My bad. Basically, the video the the video on demand slash uh, you know uh, OTT channel <laughs> that yes. that ADV yeah. put out, and where I know I certainly saw a lot of my favorite anime circa like two thousand three to two thousand five. <laughs> so Same yeah. Here. Same here. <laughs> oh, so, uh, and the quick update on the URL uh, report card or status report, I suppose. Um, NewType-USA.com is owned. There is nothing on it currently. Uh, most of, I checked oh. a couple of domain purchase sites and uh, it's the type of thing that even if it's owned, you can basically contact the owner and they will probably sell it to you for <clears throat> sorry, some amount. Uh, ADVshirts.com is not owned. And that is actually a very cheap domain. ADVfilms.com is obviously still active, uh, but ADV Shirts is just actually on the market, and it's quite cheap. I don't know if we'd want to buy that one, uh, but it's the type of thing that I always love just sort of poking around and seeing, all right, are these sites still active? Do they redirect to more modern ones? Uh, does somebody else own them and is squatting on them? I find it fascinating, so uh, that's sort of fun for me. That's fair. That is completely fair. <laughs> oh man, I can't wait for for digitalera.com to to have uh, ownership of newtype-usa.com. I'm sorry, just just the the thought of of us having that as just a a thing to flex on for no good reason just amuses me so much. As someone I saw was not that bad for newtype and uh I'll say ADV shirts was dirt cheap. Uh but even still, the price for newtype-usa.com was not that bad. All right, we're going to have to sell, sell a lot of shirts, sell some of the new uh, DD and Disco Ball merch uh, that, that we dropped over on our Stream Elements page. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going back to this because <laughs> it's just, uh, it's too perfect. It's too perfect. <laughs> 
but man this has uh. been this has been quite a trip down memory lane, uh, memory lane and like there is still so much more to explore like the the anime awards we could literally do an entire podcast on that particular award ceremony and i i, I say that from i'd love having, to do that at some point having literally been there <laughs> like it was it's definitely <laughs> worth the conversation uh it'd be awesome if we could somehow get lance on for that as well because he he definitely oh would have gosh. some stories yeah. um and 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 again you know uh as soon as i'm able to get my hands on uh some of the japanese publications because the japanese new type that i have if i recall correctly is a code geass centric uh new type you uh japan yes. so <laughs> gotta gotta tick the box right there uh so we'll we'll have some fun with that uh and i know i have a few other anime publications that we didn't quite get to cover today um wizard publications did get in on the whole anime thing uh with anime insider uh, so I have a few issues of that uh, sitting in the same place as all my other uh, magazines. So that'd be kind of a fun one to look at because we've seen uh, today, uh, let me also just bring us back to our main screen. Um, so we've seen, you know, the the U.S. adaptation of one of the still ongoing publications for anime um, and showing that flavor of presentation. But if you've ever read a wizard magazine uh, during their time, Imagine yeah. imagine that vibe, but with anime. So it'd be kind of fun to kind of you know compare and contrast the two styles. Um, so definitely a thing. I I agree with you, Joel. We should we should come back to this in the future. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, uh, I think we're gonna call it here. But like we said, we could go on for ages. There's so much more to this. I loved. We've done retrospectives of years in the past. Retrospectives of certain genres. This was so much more engaging for me because there was that physical element and that uh, we were able to sort of randomly that these things that we wouldn't have remembered anyways because they were sort of lost to time. They weren't particularly successful or at the very least not successful enough to remain in the public consciousness for two decades, which is going to be most things, quite honestly. So I definitely want to revisit this. We hope that you all enjoyed. Apologies for the visual or so the audio only crowd. Um my guess is that we will possibly just rip this vod and put it on YouTube. I think oh yeah, that is uh, that is the plan. We are because we we didn't want uh, our audio only listeners to to miss out on the fun because uh, this this is really neat and we're sure that some of you will spot some stuff that will you know either bring back memories of of days long ago or pique your interest to check out some of these in some cases forgotten titles. So we'll we'll make the effort to give you a quick uh a quick and dirty uh re-upload <laughs> that'll that'll make it you know possible for you to uh listen to our ramblings while also seeing what we're seeing indeed well thank you all so much for tuning in this has been super delightful i'm joel he's jace the other he over there is mario this is episode 117 of dkai you can like comment subscribe to us here on Twitter, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, Twitter. I don't know if I mentioned Twitter already, but anyways, on our YouTube, you can also see the trailer for Kokoro No Pro, our pro wrestling themed visual novel. You can get digital era merch at uh, merch.streamelements.com slash digital era entertainment. That is different from the URL we've used in the past, so do note that. You can also check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. I will be back uh, not next Thursday or Friday because I'm going to be on vacation, but I know Jace will be here at the very least, and uh, you'll have to... No, wait. Sorry, I will be here on Friday. I'm not going to be here on Thursday. But anyways, uh, you can always look forward to hearing us here on Digital Era Twitch. So thank you so much for tuning in. Stay, stay, stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch. Thank you.